If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to HIV Hope and Charity, a podcast series brought to you by TVPS, a charity that's been supporting people affected by HIV since 1985. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess and we work for TVPS and our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. If you like the podcast, please rate, subscribe and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Welcome to HIV Hope and Charity. Hello. Hello, you right? Really, really good. Oh gosh, excellent. Well, it's been amazing weather and just still living off the highness of, is that what you call it? I'm going to call it that the highness of our HIV Living Memorial, which I've not stopped banging on about, Sarah. Oh, I know. I know. Yes, we're having a good time at the moment. Mm, Lots of press interest. I've literally just been on the phone with some other press, just not to brag or anything, that we're just doing press calls all the time. But, you know, just saying. This is your life now, just fielding calls from the press. To be honest, I'm normally fielding them because they actually want to speak to you. So I'm like your PA that's like... This is a quote from Sarah. (laughs) I'm more like that. Here's a photo of Sarah. This is how long Sarah's worked to the charity. They want the big, the big cheese, don't they? Le Grand Fromage. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for fielding all the calls. You had a very glamorous morning compared to me. My cat was sick all over the carpet. That's nice. Oh, no. Why? I don't know. Bless her, though. That's not fun. But she feels okay now. You think so? She's eating. Who had to clean it up? You. Me, I'm the only one here. I mean, that's fair enough. Then it does fall to you. I suppose it is, it's something that she did it at my feet rather than went away and did it somewhere that I would then find three weeks later. So that's, that's thoughtful of her. That feels like she's giving you a present, though, if she's coming right to your feet and like, bleh. Excellent. This is like, here you go. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't she normally bring you mice and small birds? Baby birds, that's her speciality. Well, I'm glad she's feeling better nonetheless. And is she on is, is she in with you? Is she joining she's us next for the to me. She's always next to me. 
she's so quiet. I literally had to chase Rita. Rita is one of my dogs. You guys have heard Jimbo a lot on here. He is the mouthy, barky one. Rita is very quiet. She desperately wants to be in here all the time, especially when I'm recording. So I had to kind of try and lure her out and she wouldn't come. In the, in the end, I just had to pick her up, shove her outside the door. She's very upset about that. Oh. She's too noisy. She kind of makes these weird little grumbles and yawns and things. I mean, Gracie is perfect because I've never known, to be honest, that she has been with us when you record. No, no, she's always here. She's always like lying kind of next to me or, you know, not far away. Straight her. She's good. I'm going to share a picture of our animals this week so that people actually know what we're talking about. And at some point, probably should share a picture of my mum as well because we talk about her enough. Just saying everyone's going to have their pictures out there. So everyone's like, I can now see what Gracie looks like. I know what Bernie looks like. Jimbo, Rita, got it. Fabulous. Oh, our team's expanding. How lovely. (laughs) Anyway, so, I mean, the question, the question every week is the same. What are we doing? Hero, history? Doing, well, we're doing a hero. Do you know, actually, God, we're just going to go off on tangents all the way through this. Do you know what's depressing? Lauren, who checks our edited podcast before it goes live, she is half my age. That's depressing in itself. And sometimes I forget that. And we were talking last week about how cargo pants or combat trousers are coming back into fashion. I love them. And I was saying, I love that era. All Saints, they were my favourite band. And she literally just went, who? (laughs) So this episode is for Lauren. I know for a fact she will never have heard of this person. And if any of our listeners are wondering who All Saints are, A, we can't be friends in real life, obviously. And B, you'll probably not have heard of this person either. Oh, wow. You're really like cutting people off. Like, no, I'm not interested. If you haven't heard of All Saints, you're not for me. You're that hard line. They're iconic. Because they were only around for quite a short period of time, (gasps) weren't they? Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) I like them. Don't get me wrong. Who didn't like All Saints? Like, never, ever. What a song. Absolutely. You're right. They did split up. And then the Appleton sisters were just together on their own. They they released an autobiography, which I've read. In fact, I've got a copy of it here. Is it any good? Because didn't they both marry someone called Liam? One Liam Howlett, (laughs) one Liam Gallagher, right? Yes, they did. As books go, I mean, it's interesting if you, if you like that sort of thing. It's it's not going to, you know, it didn't change my world. No good advice you want to share with us. Oh, you should have got quotes from it. Oh, I should. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Right. Alongside all the other pictures I've said we're going to share, Lauren's going in this week as well, as are All Saints. Oh, so wow. this week, everyone's getting on social media. Again, if you're just look, trying to look for it on the podcast listing, it's it's not going to be there with all the pictures. It's on our social media. But yeah, you're getting like a bumper edition of a thousand pictures just so that you have reference points. So Aww. you're welcome. So I'm going to reveal who we're talking about now, having built it up a little bit. Is it of the All Saints era? No, way before that. Ooh. No, we are looking at a famous American actor whose name was Rock Hudson. Okay. Look at you like, no, I've not heard of him either. No, I've definitely heard of Rock Hudson. But do you know what? I couldn't, I know he was really close with Elizabeth Taylor, who obviously we've covered before. And he's part of why she wanted to move forward and do much awareness, isn't she? And help the HIV industry so much. And I know he was in films and I know there's a lot of speculation around his sexuality, I think. But that is it. I couldn't name you a film he was in. So I am, as always, grateful we're doing this. Oh, well, do you know, he was one of the first famous people. I think he was probably the first, but without doing tons of research, can't prove that. So we'll say he was one of the first to admit he had HIV. And he was definitely the first American celebrity 
to die of AIDS. Well, his career actually spanned about three decades, say from the 1950s right the way through to the 80s. And he's described as a heartthrob. Who uses that word now? Heartthrob of the golden age of Hollywood. Do you know what? The youth of today, they would probably describe him as Peng. Yeah. I only found that out the other day. So now I'm going to use it every opportunity. Did one of your sons say it? It was on social media and I asked them, you know, and they just gave me that really withering look like, oh, God, you're so ancient. Yeah. Like a modern day equivalent. I don't know. I'd say Tom Cruise, but there's probably a more modern day equivalent. (laughs) I see. I was going to say that is not a modern day equivalent. Exactly. Equivalent is, do you know what? I think I couldn't even, I'm not much younger than Sarah, but I really just like trashy TV. So I do watch a lot of kind of younger things that are probably pitched at way below my age bracket. Like, and even I couldn't tell you who, I want to say when they're Helmsworths, but again, I think they're a bit older now. Oh dear, this is depressing. Anyway, think legendary actor status. Lauren listening to this right now, probably screaming names out. Right, Lauren, this is a challenge for her while she's listening to this edit. A, we're going to challenge to see if she listens to the edit. B, who give us a modern day heartthrob and we will put it in the notes. Tell us a modern day heartthrob, please. Now, look, we all know that I've got no idea about films, but I do know that Rock Hudson starred in Giant which also starred Elizabeth Taylor. I know that from our very own podcast that we did on her. So I'm literally educating myself. Also know that Giant starred James Dean. Even Lauren's got to have heard of him. She better have, or I'm not sure she can sit in the office with us anymore. No, this is this is very true. Uh, he was also in two films I've never heard of, Magnificent Obsession and All That Heaven, but they are mentioned on Wikipedia, so they must have been big. He was basically known for being the leading man in adventure films. Okay, so that's like, what, where he's kind of his talent lies. I mean, he's a handsome guy, wasn't he? I've seen. Oh pictures, gosh, yeah. like rugged, rugged. Is that's that not person's expression? <laughs> well, we've just established that we're old, so. Oh, there, yes, rugged, good, chiselled, chiselled looks. Ooh, yeah, yeah. See, okay, we'll share a picture of Rock Hudson too. Obviously, <laughs> yes. Anyway, these films they propelled him to be voted the most popular actor in America sim- cinemas in 1957, and he stayed in the top ten until 1964. Again, that is from Wikipedia. Doesn't state what top ten. I might stop. A, start. Might stop. No, I might start a top ten for HIV workers. I'd be number one. You can be number two. Is Lauren number three? But only on the proviso she knows who James Dean is. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like that top ten already. There you go. The other seven open to nominations send them to us obviously (laughs) now look his career it didn't go all his own way he turned down some really big films like the lead in ben-hur the lead in bridge over the river kwai i know i have seen that what bridge over the river kwai or ben-hur just bridge over the river kwai my dad really loved like war films and things like that you know always having apocalypse now on or things like that oh did you like the great escape no, I, I I only recently watched that. Love that film. The original though, yeah, not the redo with the weird minis. Well, I know the original has minis, but you know, they did a, a remake. I think it had Mark Wahlberg in it. Isn't that the Italian job? Wait, what did you say? Oh! <laughs> I, was, I was like, what the hell have minis got to do with the war? You're the talking about the great escape. That one. Let's move on. Let's just move on. Edit it all out. It'll be fine. Oh, there. So, yet again, we're butchering another episode of our podcast with awful film knowledge. There's animals everywhere. They're making noise. They're vomiting on us. We're getting everything wrong. We're putting ourselves in a top 10. 
talking about how old we are. This is the worst one yet. This is the worst one we've ever done. Yes, no, you're absolutely right. It is the worst one. It's like we strive to outdo ourselves each week by being more and more terrible. Can't believe I just got that so wrong. Go on, Rock Hudson. He is turning down some films uh, that, that were huge, starring in others that weren't so big, weren't box office hits. Then he branched out into romantic comedies uh, and he starred with people like Doris Day. And he also starred in other films, which I won't list because our film knowledge is so appalling. But he was acting alongside people like Cary Grant, Julie Andrews, John Wayne. You know, he's a true Hollywood legend. Does he have a star on the Walk of Fame? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 he does. Yes. So he's a big superstar. He branches out into TV, as most of them did, as TV became more popular. And then in the early 80s, his health started to deteriorate, mainly because of years of heavy drinking and smoking, which I think is the same for a lot of Hollywood actors from that era who were living the good life. I mean, if you watch black and white films now, don't you find it shocking if someone's lighting up a cigarette? In a train carriage, I'm outraged. Even ones more present day, Ben and I watched Candyman because he'd never seen it before, the original. Do you remember the horror film Candyman? And they've just done a follow-up with Jordan Peele. This is relevant, by the way. I'm not just taking us on another bonkers tangent. And I think that's from the 90s. And there's a girl there and they're doing like like a thesis and she's interviewing mm. one of the students and she's just there interviewing the student, just smoking inside. And I was just like, what? <laughs> and you forget, don't you, that that was just fine. And now you look at that and you sort of go, that is so sort of inappropriate in that setting. If you're interviewing someone, this is not the place to be having a fag. No, it's, I just find it, yeah, really, really shocking. So strange, isn't it? How times have changed. Yeah. And I want to point out, Sarah and I both not being judgy because we both used to smoke. So with no way are we judging smokers. Oh, gosh, no, no, definitely not. It's just that you don't see it on TV these days. Yes. And I don't think you realise how little you see it now in like TV and film Mm. until something like that, like you're saying when you're watching a film and all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, people used to smoke on planes. You know, it blows my mind. I know, it's strange, isn't it? So his smoking, I mean, it had an effect on him. He had a heart attack in November 1981. He had emergency quintuple, quintuple, quintuple heart bypass surgery. I'd say quintuple. I'm actually quite sure about this one. I think it's because you'd say quintuplets, wouldn't you? That's true. Heart surgeons everywhere shaking their head at our pronunciation. And I do think they listen while they're saving lives operating on people they've got us on in the background yeah they're like this will be soothing yeah (laughs) oh anyway so he had this major heart surgery so they operated on all five major arteries arteries no arteries (laughs) medical knowledge going well too yep that link into your um your 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 mole removal business yet mcadam's mole removal service yeah he's started that yet but i will sorry for anyone not with us just last episode Need to go and have a listen. When I perform my surgery, I'm going to have us on in the background. Not this episode, obviously. I'll pick a better one. Anyway, he recovered. So major heart surgery. He recovers. He appears in Dynasty. Do you remember Dynasty? Guest appearance on there. But his health deteriorated further and he was written out. Now, you touched on this earlier because although he had a phenomenal acting career, one thing was very much kept brushed under the carpet. And that was that Rock Hudson was gay. It's one of the things that everyone in the industry knew about, but nobody talked about. And back then, being gay just wasn't acceptable. In the same way as we've talked about Charlie Sheen being blackmailed by the press about his HIV status, back in the 50s, Rock Hudson was threatened with exposure about his sexuality by the press. Oh, look, the facial expressions have started. 
it's just horrible, isn't it? I just hate to think that anyone ever has to go through something like that. I know. Well, apparently his agent did a deal where he disclosed information on two of his other clients to protect Rock Hudson. So he basically sold them out. One of them had been in prison. One of them had been arrested. And he's basically, guys, I've got stories on these two if you don't do this story on Rock Hudson. What a terrible agent. What a way to deal with it. Not long after that, Rock Hudson married his agent's secretary and she filed for divorce three years later. So I think that was probably part of the cover up, wasn't it? There was also in the 70s, there were always kind of, I think, rumours about him. So in the 70s, there was a myth. It could be an urban myth. I don't know that a group of gay men had an annual get together sent out as a joke, an invitation that invited people to Rock Hudson's marriage to a guy called Jim. And it was a joke. There was no truth behind it. But it kind of went not viral because they didn't have viral at the time. It was mainstream. You'd say it went mainstream, wouldn't you? Right. And the press actually helped deny this because there was no truth in it whatsoever. It's just a group of gay guys thought this would be hilarious. But by that stage, you can imagine his agent must have been pulling his hair out. After literally selling out all the other clients, he's got no one left. It's just him and Rock Hudson. <laughs> no one wants to work anymore with this person. And then, you know, this and then rumours hit the headlines that Rock Hudson's getting married to some guy called Jim. He must have been like, no, just give me a break. But I guess what it illustrates is that, you know, he's a big star. He's got an image to portray and he can't be himself in the public eye. Because if he were to be, that potentially could ruin his public image. So you can imagine if it had been leaked that he'd contracted HIV. He was diagnosed with HIV in June 1984. Now, that's really early on, as we know. um, And they'd only just identified what HIV and AIDS were. And he didn't tell anybody certainly nobody that would have been able to sell the story to the press kept working and in his spare time he's traveling to France for treatment because like everyone else he was just desperate for anything to cure him or anything to help and he can afford to travel so he can travel around the world to get whatever treatment he needs or wants god that must be stressful means, though yeah really yeah really stressful and we know there was no treatment yeah so you know he's pinning a lot of hope on something that's not going to work. And he's having to keep his sexuality and his health issues a secret. That's a lot of stress for anyone to be under. July 1985, he joined Doris Day for a press conference. She's launching a new show called Doris Day's Best Friends. And he's recorded visiting her ranch. Now, both the recording and his presence at the press conference caused alarm. So he looks very gaunt. Some say that his speech is very difficult to understand. And the press all over this, speculating he's ill. Two days after the press conference, travels to France for more treatment and he collapses in his hotel room. At this point, his publicist releases a statement and the statement says that he has inoperable liver cancer. But rumours are circulating that he's he's got AIDS. I mean, you can well, imagine. And we still hear similar rumours in this day and age, don't we, of where someone high profile might be ill and their publicist has said one thing, but then, as we know, the rumour mill goes bonkers about, you know, what else it could be. Absolutely. I mean, four days later, publicist confirms that he does have AIDS. They have no choice by now. The press are in overdrive. They're just not going to let this story drop. So it's better just to come clean and say, yes, he has. He was flown back to America. He spent some time in hospital and then he received palliative care at home. And he died on the 2nd of October 1985 at the age of 59. Didn't have a funeral at his own request. We were talking about this the other day, weren't we? I don't want a funeral. I don't believe in them. I feel me and Rock Hudson of the same mind. Mm. Yeah, he's quite um, ahead of his time, isn't he? With that. Yeah, absolutely. And again, 
there are lots of rumours as to why he didn't want to have a funeral, but maybe he just didn't want a fuss. He'd had enough time in the public eye. Just wanted to slip away quietly. And like you, you you don't want a funeral. Like we've said, we talked about that a couple of times, how actually you'd prefer not to. And I think that's all right. I don't know why we can't respect people's wishes without, you know, there being rumours. Although, would you like me to start a rumour for you about why you're not having a funeral? I could make something jazzy up. What would you say? I need to veto what you're going to say. Oh, wow, that's really put me on the spot. Sarah doesn't want a funeral because... She's worried that people will be so, like, they'll cry so much. They'll be so sad that they will be physically sick. (laughs) Do you want me to start that rumour? No, let's work on it. Yeah. Let's work on what rumours we put out there. So... Back to Rock Hudson. So other than being the first famous person to die from AIDS, we need to look at what made him heroic. And really, it's... I think it's his legacy. It's like so many other people we featured. It's their legacy that makes them more heroic than other people. So we can start looking at his legacy and also understand what on earth he was facing. Do you want to know some of the media headlines when he died? I mean, not really. I I do because I'm partaking in this podcast, but I feel they're going to be awful. Well, it might help people understand why it was so brave that he was honest bearing in mind that nobody had ever kind of broken this news before. Good point. We'll start with the Daily Mail. I featured really high quality newspapers. So the Daily Mail headline was the last days of Rock Hudson. But the byline, I don't know what I laugh, not out of just sheer, what's the word I'm looking for? Horror. That's the one. Disbelief. Byline. He died a living skeleton and was so ashamed. How would they know? That's ridiculous. I know, I know. And that's why I almost laughed, because I was like, oh, God, here we go. Uh, The Star told you, top line newspapers here, rock, the agony is over. AIDS victim weighed less than seven stone. I focus on his weight. So weird. And how would they know? Again, how, how would they know? I mean, we're just making things up at this point. No, I know. I mean... Another, I think this one is the mirror. I'll explain why why I can't see the um, top of it in a minute. But I think it was the mirror said, the hunk who lived a lie. And that's because you didn't tell the truth. But he did, but not until right before his death. Or maybe they're saying he lived a lie in terms of his sexuality. Either way, awful. Yeah, that is awful. And it's not living a lie. He knew. I know we talked about this before. It's no one else's business. Don't know why the newspapers seem to think that if you're famous, you must tell everybody everything the entire time or you're an awful person living a lie. I know. Uh, Another one. These are from a compilation that Pink News put together. So they're kind of laid over each other. So you can't always see the top of the paper. But it says Hollywood made the legend. Rock Rock Hudson lived the lie. What? I know. I don't like that. And then you've got the sun whose headline is not, you know, it just says Rock Hudson is dead. AIDS kills him at 59. But it's the first paragraph of the article says screen legend rock hudson finally lost his battle against aids last night finally lost his battle like we've all been waiting for him to die why would you write it like that so weird you can understand why people felt the way they did at the time around hiv because of media stories like this makes it really difficult Mm. when everyone around you a read that this is the point of view you know i know i mean when he announced he had hiv sort of three months earlier papers full of the story what was their angle jessica um oh what was that angle was it still that he was living a lie because oh i don't know well kind of they all was it all on his sexuality is what I'm trying to say? Was it all around that, surely? How he caught it. That's all they focused on. 
I don't know if we've said this, I'm sure we have a million times, but again, if ever someone tells you they're positive, don't ask them how they contract it. It's completely irrelevant. Absolutely irrelevant. Someone wants to talk to you and tell you, they will. Don't ask them. It's just none of your business. I know. Well, the media should have listened up at the time. And there was also, I mean, there was lots of media coverage when he died about his sexuality. Of course, there was loads of people claiming they'd known he was gay and that it had had to be covered up. Everyone kind of wanting their kind of bit in the in the spotlight, I guess. And, you know, even right up until his death, he'd never formally announced that he was gay. Why should he? It's nobody's business. But this is what it all kind of centred on. But there was some awareness raising around HIV and AIDS going on at the same time. So Jane Rivers, we featured her, didn't we, in the Elizabeth Taylor podcast. Yeah. She was quoted as saying at the time, two years ago, when I hosted a benefit for AIDS, I couldn't get one major star to turn out. Rock's admission is a horrendous way to bring AIDS to the attention of the American public. But by doing so, Rock in his life has helped millions in the process. What Rock has done takes true courage. And she's right. We also had the oh People magazine at the time. They reported since Hudson made his announcement, more than $1.8 million in private contributions, more than double the amount collected in 1984 the previous year, has been raised to support AIDS research and to care for AIDS victims. A few days after he died, American Congress set aside $221 million to develop a cure for AIDS. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's quite an impact of someone saying they're positive. That's quite an impact that that's had. Yeah, it is. I mean, his diagnosis and his death, I mean, I think it probably made AIDS more real for some people, more tangible. But when it comes to stigma, although conversations were happening, stigma was still rife. So after his diagnosis, there was controversy. And it was to do with a kiss he'd shared with Linda Evans in Dynasty. So when he filmed the scene, he knew he had AIDS, but he didn't tell anybody. So she didn't know. And some felt he should have done. Now, we know you can't catch HIV from kissing. But at that time, it was thought you could contract from saliva and tears. I know. Although there'd never been any reported cases of transmission by kissing. But the CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention in the States, had warned back then not to exchange saliva with groups perceived to be at high risk of AIDS. Okay, so I was going to be horrified initially. But then if the CDC are giving, that's the that's the official advice, then you probably are going to feel that way. Yeah, but do you know what? I feel I'm really down on the CDC and all their misinformation. And I know at the time, you're right, they could only go on, on kind of what, what they knew. And their role is to protect the public. I think it's their wording that grates with me. And for balance, I should point out, I'm also very scathing about our government handling of the AIDS pandemic in the 80s too I just I don't know I mean looking hindsight's amazing isn't it looking back you just say oh what were they doing don't we say that about the COVID pandemic oh yeah I feel like when you're in it you're and again I'm not trying to defend any of them I I agree with you I, I think it's all been handled so terribly but I think you're just sort of going with it you've got no idea what's happening the information's changing so quickly you're trying to make decisions for the best I don't know it's and I'm sure it must have felt like that back in the day you know this COVID's not the first pandemic it won't be the last pandemic and yet I know that when the next pandemic hits and there will be another one we'll make the same mistakes again and again I'm sure of it I think that's the issue in the panic of everything happening we're not looking back and going right what is similar and where can we pick up those lessons what can we learn from the past pandemics yeah I think you're absolutely right well you can be there for the next pandemic being like guys hi here's 
Sarah McAdams recommendations. That'll be that'll be the rumor I'll start about you. It'll be that you saved the world with your recommendations. That will be the rumor. It won't be anything about your death. It would just be I would just start that. Okay, I'm I'm on board with that. Sarah McAdams, savior of the world, mole remover. There's quite a few people that would object to me being classed as the saviour of the world. That's quite, quite an accolade. <laughs> no, but that's that's the rumour, you see. Well, I look forward to the Daily Mail headlines. Marvellous. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> right, the Screen Actors Guild, they commented on what they called the dynasty kiss, saying that Rock's revelation had caused panic within the film and TV industry and scripts were being rewritten to eliminate kissing scenes. They later issued rules that required actors to be notified in advance of any open mouth kissing scenes and that they could refuse to participate and they wouldn't be penalised. So was there like a, like a 10 year period where there was just no kissing at all? Well, I think until um, the CDC changed the guidelines, yes, there probably was. Although why would they specify only open mouth kissing? Surely closed mouth kissing, there would be a risk of saliva there. Why is this? How do you kiss? Do you lick your lips before you kiss someone? Like, Always. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, now I just sound like I'm a really wet kisser. Yeah. Yeah, that is how that sounds. Like you're probably like... Because your lips are dry, aren't they? It's just skin. Okay, let's move on. Well, unless what I was thinking was because they said tears, maybe they thought if someone was giving someone a peck but crying, that's really upset about it. But even if you're doing a, like a kiss, even if you're like no tongues, there's still a tiny bit of. <laughs> My husband's so lucky. I specified the type of kiss. no tongues. No, no, not tonight. <laughs> a really salivary, no tongue, closed mouth kiss. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay oh maybe they meant a kiss on the cheek maybe a kiss on the cheek was okay all right just open mouth kissing scenes Lovely. yeah i mean it doesn't sound nice does it no definitely not anyway we should point out linda evans wasn't fussed about the whole thing she asked to introduce a segment of the 1985 commitment to life aids benefit that was dedicated to rock hudson so i think it was just her industry that were up in arms and not her personally that's actually quite good to know that because my instant thought when you had described this was that it was her that was mad about it so it's nice to know that actually it wasn't and there is one more thing one more thing can't speak now because so I'm just thinking about all those dry about licking your lips and giving <laughs> Fraser a big kiss later <laughs> not gonna get that image out of my head now you'll be like come here <laughs> I just woke the cat up oh it's okay oh dear it's just getting worse. Right. There's so much editing to do with this episode. That'll keep you quiet for a few days. One more thing to look at with the Rock Hudson. There was a lawsuit. Of course there was a lawsuit. It's America. After his death, his former lover, Mark Christian, sued his estate on the grounds of intentional infliction of emotional distress. He claimed that Rock had continued to have sex with him up until February 1985 after he'd known that he had HIV. In fact, more than eight months after he knew he had HIV. Mark Christensen tested negative for HIV repeatedly. So his claim was based on the fact that he'd found out via the media that Rock had HIV. He also sued Rock's personal secretary, claiming he lied to him about Rock's health. His case was successful and he was awarded damages of $5.5 million. So, you know, not everyone was stigmatising Rock about his AIDS diagnosis. This one... Cashed in on it. Can't believe he got so much money. Well, do you know what? I mean, I'm no lawyer, as we know, but I would have thought it was pretty hard to evidence that you'd had sex with someone who's now dead whilst they were alive. I mean, how do they 
defend themselves. I don't know. I just don't get it. How do you build a case? To me, if I'm really honest, it just sounds like they were like, oh, we don't really want to deal with this. We're a bit scared of it. We don't know what to do. Have some damages. Poor Rock Hudson. How do you prove any of that? I mean, perhaps there is a way that he did. Who knows? But it just seems quite far-fetched, doesn't it? But like you said, you get people that come out of the woodwork all the time, don't you, that want a piece of the action and, and want to get their payday, I guess. I know. So there you go. I mean, that's all you need to know about Rock Hudson, the first famous person to die of AIDS. I thought we'd mention Elizabeth Taylor more, but I like that we didn't because obviously we featured, a whole, there's a whole episode on Elizabeth Taylor, if anyone wants mm. to hear more about her. But like I was saying in the beginning, it's nice that we didn't because that's really the link that I knew about Rock Hudson. I didn't know any of these past things. And I do think he was a hero. I really do, actually. He was very brave in those last few months. He would have known all the kind of the media spotlight that would have been on him. And well, dealing with the pressure of that while you're also dealing with your own health issues is just, yeah. it's just too much. It's just like, no, enough now. But I am going to go and watch Giant. Oh, I fear I ought to. What's it I about? Mean, I don't know. A massive oh, lady. Me. <laughs> <laughs> you said it earlier, like you really knew what it was. And I was like, I don't know what this film is. So I'd heard of it because I knew Elizabeth Taylor was in it. I didn't know James Dean was in it. And then I was like, God, this was a really big film right let's have a look I'm googling it 1956 it's got 88 percent on rotten tomatoes that's really good so giant rock hudson played bick benedict elizabeth taylor was leslie benedict and this is amazing james dean's character was called jet rink <laughs> and it's a texas ranching family fights to survive changing times Vic Benedict, Rock, the Texan rancher, falls in love with the horse owner's daughter and they immediately get married. That's literally what the synopsis says. Ooh. I mean, I'm sure there's more than that, but box office, 39 million. I mean, it's no Bridget Jones, is it? But I'm willing to give it a go. Well, should I watch it first and then let you know if you like it or not? Let you know if yes. it's depressing. Oh, yeah, not depressing or stressful in any way. I can't imagine it would be. It's just a I drama. Don't know. Isn't it? it did. No, it said fights for survival, Sarah. Did you not hear that bit? That bit sounds quite, you know, intense. Oh, no. Do you know, I find even like cowboy films, they're very stressful. Everyone's so angry, trying to kill I mean, each other. That's true. But I find modern day action films in that bracket for me. It's just like Marvel ones. I know everyone loves them. No disrespect to the Marvel universe, cinematic universe, whatever it's called. Just too much. It's just, God, is there ever a day off? Just running around while the world ends and things blow up. I agree. I saw a tiny bit of, I think it was Spider-Man, the new Spider-Man. It's like an assault on your senses. The noise, the action, it's so fast paced. I, th- I don't understand how anyone keeps pace with what the story's about. I literally, I've never felt my age more. I was going to say, this is, again, more evidence of how old we are because we're like, oh, no, 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 I don't, I don't understand. In my day, films were a bit gentler. What was Nothing your favourite Hill. childhood film? The Wizard of Oz. That's so dark. You are so dark. <laughs> the, the witch is just gives me nightmares. Didn't um she get painted with lead paint and she got really No, that's the Tin Man, isn't it? The paint had lead in it and he was so ill. And wasn't um what's her name? Allegedly, wasn't she taking a lot of drugs? I'm sure she'd said oh, what, she was Judy Garland. It. Yeah. Oh yeah, I mean she had quite an unhappy time of it, didn't she? She really did, but that was your favourite, was it? One of my favourite films. Really? Even yes. Now? Good grief. I know. I used to love it. No, thank you. That and BMX Bandits, obviously. What is BMX Bandits? 
that's a good load of kids riding around on BMXs sorting out the world. That sounds well. That does sound good. That does sound nice. I, I think that's fair enough. Mine was yeah. a yellow submarine, but uh, my parents we didn't really watch Disney when we were younger. You've seen it, but do you know? No. Do you know what a Blue Meanie is? I'm going to show you, Sarah, because honestly, I would say it's my favourite film because it was, and I would watch it all the time. But I also would have constant nightmares mother just letting you know this about the blue meanies gonna find your picture they were so scary oh yes how is that scary you joking one of them creeps up this little hill like with just his eyes over the top of it's so harrowing honestly and then do you know what my mum did she let me watch it when i was about eight brilliant oh with the clown hence my fear of um uh you know clowns forevermore Oh, isn't that weird? Because my dad, when I was younger, like obviously much younger, living at home, was like, I really think you'll enjoy watching The Birds. It's a really good film. <laughs> I know. Parents. <laughs> and I've never been so scared in my life. It's really sinister. Do you know what? In their defence, like I remember my mum saying, well, it was on TV and it was kind of earlier. I think it was about eight o'clock or something. And I think it is only a 12. I just think it's such a scary premise. It's so, I, I think Tim Curry because he looks like a just a regular man that's just put creepy makeup on. Like, that's what scared me more. Not that it was like a supernatural thing. And I bet with the birds, I bet your dad was just like, it's fine. It's just about some birds. It's not scary. And you were there like never sleeping again. I mean, it's advertised as a Hitchcock thriller, wasn't it? Not really sure where his head was at, but I did watch it. Sat there terrified on the sea. <laughs> Goodness, I bet. Oh, nice. So there you go. So I have seen some films. Well, well done you. And maybe this is why you don't like them, because that intensity when you were young watching the birds, you're like, now, no. No, it's just because they're too long. I just don't have the patience to sit through. I can't even, even love actually, I try and watch in two stages. <laughs> I know. Oh, I love love actually. What a, what a Christmas film. I know, that's one of the best films ever, actually. Well, that and The Wizard of Oz, yeah? Your two favourites. Yeah, see? Christmas films. That's a, The Wizard of Oz is good. Wizard of Oz isn't a Christmas same. film. It's shown every Christmas. <laughs> so it's so a Stuart Little. That doesn't mean it's a Christmas film. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, I just always... Oh, I used to watch it every Christmas. That's quite nice. When I think about it, it's quite weird, isn't it? There's a I lot think. of bad stuff goes on. Oh, yeah, I feel like go back and watch it now. It's fairly terrifying. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you so much. Amazing job as always. If anyone wants to share their childhood terrifying films that their parents let them watch, please do. We don't want to know your favourites. We just want to know the terrifying ones that your parents allowed you to watch that scarred you for life. <laughs> That's what I want to know about. I'm just nosy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Lovely note to end on. No right. one's listening. Everyone's given up. Just us. Yeah. They gave up when uh, when you talked about cat vomit. They were like, turning off now. This one's not for me. Not Even the surgeons me. have switched off now. The poor person in surgery has woken up and gone, switch this off, for God's sake. I cannot take any more of this utter rabbiting on nonsense. No. Thank you for listening to HIV Hope and Charity. If you'd like to know more about the work that we do, visit tvps.org.uk. And please like, subscribe and rate the podcast if you enjoyed it. Mm -hmm.